When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Athena will give you a great home loan and help you get rid of it. Need help getting your builder's registration? Call Master Builders Victoria today to discuss our member support program. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you're listening. Dwayne's World for Mulders Victoria, supporting businesses in residential, commercial and civil construction. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Pay down your home loan faster with Athena. So much to get to, so little time. We've only got three hours to take your calls for Midday Matters today. So jump on the line. Midday Matters for rjsanderson.com.au. Personal and business tax experts. Jump on the line now. Midday Matters. We'll get it fired up. I want to take as many of your calls as possible, as we will do right throughout the season, every day at midday, Midday Madness. But Mondays are often so mad that I can't even give you the promise you call, you get on, because we have had even a couple of Mondays recently where we've had so many calls. Uh, we've had to almost uh, pass on a caller that might have already caught on breakfast, etc. So jump on the line. We'll get you on now. one 736 the open line number. And every Monday... We're going to have less interviews on a Monday and more of your opportunity to call on a Monday for Midday Matters. So jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll get to you. I'll give you my top eight and beyond after what I've seen in the preseason comp. I could give you a big, long five-minute editorial on what I saw in the preseason. Uh, in essence, what I've seen in the preseason has enabled me to make a top eight prediction that obviously there will be different media. Um, organizations that take it it'll be in the footy record it'll, it'll be on SEN's digital platform so let me just give you my top eight and we can explain it as we go as I take your calls but my top eight Brisbane I'm picking them for the flag it's their time uh, it'll be a wasted era if they don't win one in this particular period like it's kind of been I think for Port Adelaide they wasted their time Brisbane to win the flag they've still got the hunger and they've improved I'm picking Melbourne to make the grand final so Brisbane Melbourne grand final Melbourne have the hunger the issue for Melbourne is they're hitting round one hard, fit, and as I mentioned with Jared Whateley, they look as hungry and committed as you would be if you are at round 10. So can you sustain it? Can you maintain it for 30 weeks? Well, maybe you can. So Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong, obviously, that's my top three. Bulldogs, four. Sydney at five. Um, Richmond at six. Have they still got the hunger? They look like one of those teams that believe they can flick the switch on what I saw on Saturday against Melbourne. They're kind of just hoping that they'll be able to flick the switch on, work their way into their form, and come round 10, they'll be maybe where Melbourne is at right now. So Richmond at six. Uh, Collingwood at seven. Uh, I think they... Will they improve? Maybe. Maybe. But I can't drop them out of my eight. Fremantle at eight. The issue for Fremantle, for me, is... I think Nat Five could win the Coleman because he might get 100 shots. But Nat Five, if you give him 100 shots, might kick you 50-50. And that's the hard part. Darcy Fogarty, for example, for the Adelaide Crows, he might get 100 shots and kick you 65-35. If Nat Five could kick 65-35, um, I think Fremantle I think would finish closer to the flag. But 
I think there's nine teams that can win the flag, the way I see it. So Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong at three, Bulldogs at four, Sydney at five, Richmond at six, Collingwood at seven, Fremantle at eight, and Carlton at nine. They're the only team outside the eight, outside of last year's eight and outside of my eight to start this season, that I think that can win the flag. Outside of that, I think well, Port have been unimpressive pre-season again. They were unimpressive last year and started the season 0-5. Uh, St Kilda, no Max King till round six, maybe round seven. Makes me worry about St Kilda. Um, yeah, and then you've got the others like Essendon, Adelaide, Hawthorne, the Giants, uh, the Gold Coast. They could all threaten the eight. They can hopefully all still be alive in the race for the eight come round 18-19. But can they win the flag? No, not for me. I think it's down to a top nine that can win the flag. Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong, Bulldogs, Sydney, Richmond, Collingwood, Fremantle and the Blues. So to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Dino in South Yarra, Dean in Elwood, Jacob in Mansfield, Rafa Meadow Heights. I know you're on the line. Dano, it should be, in South Yarra. Sorry, I got your name wrong. Dano, welcome to you. Well, you can kick us off today oh, for Midday right, Madness. Dino. That's all right, Dwayne. I'll forgive you. I just wanted to say, um, there was something you said on the call on Saturday in the Richmond-Melbourne game that I found really interesting and I think really nails it on the head. And I think is one thing I'll just never understand about some teams in the way that they design and and build their teams. You compared Melbourne picking up Grundy to the Lakers getting Magic Johnson and pairing him with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I think you're really hit the nail on on the head about some way in that there's a lot of these teams that just try to box in players and box in their team and say, all right, we've got one ruck, we've got one key forward, we've got one this, we've got one that. And they don't innovate. And you can see Melbourne has clearly innovated and have clearly thought, how can we create these massive mismatches? And I think it's going to really serve them well late in this season and you know, on, hopefully onwards. And, I mean, I guess it's the same thing, too, with the dogs. They've got so many tools. And how do you match up with all of them? Maybe the dogs have too many. They don't have any, any, any speed on the ground. But this idea that Grundy is done because he was hurt last year, when clearly having gone there is going to take pressure off both of them and have them push forward for the whole year, is something that is just going to be... We're going to look back at the end of the season and think, why did we not see it? Why were we just scratching our heads thinking, I don't know how this is going to work? They're great players. And the other thing, too, is Grundy is younger than Jeremy Cameron. And we're talking about him. Jeremy Cameron is one of the best players in the league. And nobody ever thinks, oh, I don't know how Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron fit together. At the end of the day, just there's, there's this serious lack of innovation and inside-the-box thinking from so many different coaches and list managers. And I just don't get it. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you. That's why I mentioned the Magic Johnson, Kareem. And if you've got a better tall one-two punch in sport history than that, then send it through a text as well, 0433981116. I mean, in terms of tall one-two punches, that's probably the iconic one. Magic Johnson was 206 centimetres, Kareem was 218, and they formed this combo that no other team could beat. Melbourne's already done it, already with this innovation. They went and spent a large part of their salary cap on getting May and Lever, and at the time everybody said, oh, you're spending way too much on two key defenders. You're not going to win a flag that way, because other teams hadn't won a flag that way. But Melbourne won a flag that way, and this two-ruck combo, so the way it worked, for those people who didn't see the Melbourne-Richmond game, and I was asked by my producer Mitch earlier today, um, what, sp- what amount of time did each spend in the ruck? So I explain it like this. Grundy was often resting forward, so he was playing 
Four forwards and a half forward. And Max Gorn was in the ruck. But if there was a ball in on the wing or a half forward flank for Melbourne, often, even though Max Gorn was the ruckman at the time, he didn't take the ruck. So he dropped back a kick behind the play and Grundy came up out of the forward line and took the ruck. So you're virtually running with two rucks at the one time. You've got Grundy taking the ruck, throwing on a wing, and then he running back to the forward line. And Max Gorn helping out as a kick behind the play, Ruckman alongside Lever and May. So, yeah, Dino, in terms of innovation, that's why I think Melbourne can improve. So I'm agreeing with you. It might sound a bit uh, self-indulgent to give you a price because I'm agreeing with you, but I often give the first caller a price anyway. So hold the line. You've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher coming your way. Brick Lane, one love pale ale, perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser, drink responsibly. I think it's a great innovation. And keep your greatest one-two punches in terms of um, tools. I know Magic was a bit shorter, and I get that, 206, but in terms of their scoring ability, it was that one-two punch. Kareem was 218. Um, keep him coming through, and you can jump on the line if you want to. Dean in Elwood, welcome to you, Dean. You want to talk Carlton? <clears throat> yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Look, mate, I was sitting there listening to you eight, and top four went by, and then five, six, seven, eight, and you sneaked us in at nine. Dwayne and Bucks is sort of something similar, but, um, mate, yeah, so I think it's it's either way with us. I think if everything clips, we could be top five or four um, if Walsh comes back in good shape. But I've got I've got issues with the defence, Dwayne. I saw it a couple of times in the practice match, like the run of goals, the transition. I don't know. I don't know what you think, but I think there's a few worry Carlton supporters. But bring it on. There we go. Yeah, I, yeah, you've got two of the well, you've got two Australian backmen. You, you've got Saad and you've got Wiedering. But outside of that, you've lost Zach Williams. Lewis Young isn't quite that. I mean, in terms of great key to position backs, I think I think Harrison Petty is a better key position back than Lewis Young. And Melbourne already have May and Lever, so they've also got Harrison Petty. He just doesn't get mentioned. But I think there is a bit of a worry with Carlton's back line. So I'm with you. On that, but in, in saying that, Carlton could be the big improver because they've got so many good forwards. So if Pettinet rucks, and you've got DeConing, Kerno, and Mackay all as part of your potent forward line, and you get Walsh back, and he's just as good as he was. Your midfield's going to be just as good as well. So, in terms of who can win the flag, yeah, nine teams can win it. Just because I haven't got Carlton inside the eight, because I had to name an eight, um, doesn't mean I don't think Carlton can win it. I think nine teams can win the flag this year, the top eight from last year. And Carlton. Great to have you call though, Dean. Uh, hold on, I've got something for you as well. We've got uh, a bottle of Starwood, two-fold double-grain Australian whiskey, thanks to Hairy Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirits, hairydog.com.au. Got a heap of stuff in the prize cabinet today, so I'll try and give as much away as possible. Jacob in Mansfield, you want to talk Carlton as well? Welcome to you, Jacob. Hey, Dwayne, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. I'm um, just calling up about uh, Carlton at the moment. I know a lot of people haven't not making the eight this year, which is fair enough. Um, what are the expectations for him this year? Because I, I can't... There aren't very many teams that can have the Brownlow medalist, the Coleman, like you were saying before, two All-Australian backmen and not make the eight in that year. I think they can win the flag. So even though, as I mentioned, I haven't picked them in the eight as such, I think there is a gap outside of... From Carlton at nine, I think there's a gap between the next best. Whether the next best is Port or it's Essendon or it's... Uh, St Kilda or it's Adelaide, I think there's a big gap to me between ninth and the rest. So that's why I think Carlton, we should mention Carlton more so in that realm of Fremantle, Collingwood, Richmond ahead of Carlton on the ladder. I think if, if there is a team that could drop out of the eight um, replaced by Carlton, 
you know, could it be Collingwood because they don't win as many close games? Maybe. Could it be Richmond because they don't have the hunger necessarily and a couple of their guys like Rewalt and Trinkotch and Arolda? Maybe. Could it be Fremantle because, or for whatever reason, they were sort of closest to missing last year in a way? So, yeah, Carlton could easily make the A. But I think your expectation should be pretty high, Jacob. In a perfect world, Walsh is, is at 100% fitness for 18 of the games, let's say, because he'll work his way back into fitness when he comes back. And you've still got arguably the best forward line. And maybe, you know, you might have the one and two in the goal kicking come the end of it with Mackay and Kerno forward, Jacob. Yeah, right. But what are they going to do differently this year as opposed to last year? They, they should have made it last year. They, they only had to win they one of their last four games. Like their yeah. finals probably started a month earlier than everyone else, and they just couldn't cut it. I mean, yeah, they maybe mean? they couldn't sustain it. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe they just couldn't sustain it for 30 weeks. And that's the thing. You lost your last four games. You missed out by essentially a point when it comes to you know the for and against tallies in your scoring. I think you can make it because you just won't lose your last four games again. I think you can make it because you've got such a good forward line. And if it's fast footy more than we've ever seen it this year, getting it quickly into a potent forward line like Kerno, Mackay and De Koning could be just too potent for a number of teams to handle. So, yeah, I think you make it on the strength of that. If there's a trick that Carlton have, it's the forward line. It's the forward threesome that is as good. And previous caller mentioned it. A lot of people did say, well, how is Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins going to work together in that forward line, given they're two of arguably the best five forwards in the competition? Well, they work fine. They want a flag. And I think you do have to have a trick that makes you better than everybody else. And that could be Carlton's trick this year. Great to have you call, Jacob. Uh, Raf in Meadow High, talking to you, Raf. Hey, Dwayne, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, I reckon you've... Oh, you and Bucks have both overrated the Bulldogs a bit. I reckon they'll probably miss out the eight. I just don't see... Like, I know Darcy and Jamara Yukahagan, I don't see them having big, massive years to push that side to be consistent to get in that top eight or be as dangerous as everyone seems to make them. I just don't see it in them this year. I reckon they're going to go backwards. You might be right, Raph. You, you might be right, and Bucks and I might be wrong, but I like the fact that Bulldogs have got a trick. They've got this tall forward line, call it what you want, uh, Manhattan forward line, if you like, where there's going to be four really tall guys and maybe two on the ground that are smaller, and they're going to try and get it in there quicker. You've added Liam Jones, so you've got an extra defender which you need, and you've got Sam Darcy who can play both forward or back. He's probably going to play back because that might be where you need him most. And you've got Norton. I noticed that Robbo's top 50 is in the paper today, and uh, this is his top 50. What will be the order of play at the end of the season? Who will be the best player in the comp at the end of the season? He's got Charlie Cameron, number one. He's got Aaron Norton at number 21. I think by the end of the season, Aaron Norton could be that guy who becomes top five in the competition in terms of his greatness. So especially if he's got guys forward that can give him a chop out. One of the great things for Charlie Curnow is that he's got Harry Mackay. One of the great things for Christian Petrarca and for Clayton Oliver is that they've got each other. Some, for Jeremy Cameron, that he had Tom Hawkins. So having someone else like that is a big help to you because it takes some of the heat away from you. People are looking elsewhere, not always at you. I mean, Port Adelaide has been so Charlie Dixon-centric because they don't think that Marshall will beat you, don't think that Georgiades will beat you, that it becomes too predictable. So, yeah, I think Bulldogs, I think Bulldogs will be a contender because they've got a trick to take them up. Now, it might not work, and you might end up being correct, Raph, and it might take them down. And it won't take much 
to miss the eight, given how good Carlton are going to be. Appreciate your call. Billy and Frankston, welcome to you, Billy. Hey, buddy. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, that uh, um, double-punch basketball team you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Collingwood had in 1977, Ross Dunn, Peter Moore and Lynn Thompson as a three-pronged attack. So that was just something I thought of. I love it, Billy. Uh, a bit of retro. So I think we are going back to the future on a number of things this year. The faster ball movement is sort of going back to the future because we saw teams wanting to slow it down and play this kick, chip, take a mark, slow it, chip, kick, take a mark, slow it, footy to win a flag. The West Coast did win a flag doing that. I think that's now dead. It's gone the way of the dodo. There's been a flag one doing it, but I don't think we'll ever go there unless it's like flares and it uh, comes back in 30 years, like all fashion does. But I think this is a fashion we're going to see, this tall forward line, Billy, because we're suddenly seeing a, a larger number of great forwards that are tall. And you can't have... Well, Richmond didn't have a tall forward line when they won the flag because they didn't have a great tall forward to combo up with Jack Rewalt. But all of a sudden you go and recruit Tom Lynch and suddenly, yeah, well, we've got a tall forward that's good enough. You didn't have a tall forward that's good enough previous to that. Always great to have your company for Dwayne Twitter. And for Midday Madness, straight back to your calls and texts. Great to have RJ Sanderson on board for Midday Madness as well. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. Midday Madness brought to you by RJ Sanderson. A couple of texts that have come through. Dwayne, the Bulldogs will be the team with the biggest difference in form between their home and away. As soon as it's wet and humid, the forward line will be ill-equipped to deal with it. Uh, Just on that note, they do play under the roof at Docklands a lot. So I think that's going to help the Bulldogs. And they may have equipped themselves with that tall forward line because of it. Because they're going to maybe play in fine conditions more than any other team because they've got the home ground with the roof. Uh, and all the same text from Nippy and Devon Meadows about time Frio got some credit too. Yeah, I'm still picking Frio in my eight, but I said earlier on, the difference to me with Frio, and I like the idea of Fife being forward, is if Fife kicks 50 goals 50 from his 100 shots, then it's going to be costly. But if he kicks 65-35 from his 100 shots, absolutely they could win the flag. And I think it's going to come down to... You're going to have to score. You're going to have to kick goals to win the flag this year, which is a good thing. Kangas in the 90s had Kerry, Longmire and McKernan. Uh, and uh, I agree with that text as well. John, they did have a tall forward line and it worked for them. Uh, Melbourne will gap the field this year. Two best power mids. That's true, arguably, if you don't count Dustin Martin. But if you count power mids in the competition, Petrarca and Oliver are arguably in the top six, let's say. So they've got two of the best six. Um, best rucks. Yeah, they've got two of the, the six best rucks in the comps. Uh, best wingman. They do. They've added Hunter. He looked really good against Richmond on Saturday. So they've got two designated quality true wingmen in Hunter and Langdon. So that's true. And the best duo of key defenders. Yeah, they have May and Lever with the underrated Petty. But May and Lever earn the top six defenders in the comp. Uh, another one here. Even their B-grade tall forwards are complemented by Fritch and Pickett, who have combined for 100 goals in the last two years. That's from H. Yeah, I've pick, I'm picking Melbourne and Brisbane to play in the grand final this year. So just a matter of whether Melbourne can sustain it for 30 weeks because I love the way they're hitting round one. All Carton have to do is stay injury-free, unlike last year, and we're a certainty for the finals. Another one here, Carlton lacks other forwards around. Mackay and Charlie Curnow. Martin hasn't stood up. 
Well, Motlop's looked pretty good preseason, I've got to say. So he could be the guy that adds that, you know, 30-goal small forward to the mix. Uh, Hewitt, Walsh and Kennedy missed the last four games as well. So there's an improvement for Carlton on the back of that. Thanks for that text as well. And Jordan and Pippen, another tall one-two punch. Simon in Geelong as we head back to your calls for Midday Madness. Welcome to you, Simon. Dwayne, how are you, mate? Good. I noticed something on Thursday night when Brisbane were playing Geelong and you called that game. On the outer side to the right-hand side, the fence line was a brick wall. And Mm -hmm. I find it very strange in this day and age that we have a brick wall as a perimeter of a football ground. With no padding on it, Simon, especially. I found that strange as well. We did mention it in the commentary. Uh, Why wouldn't you run a line of padding along it? A bit like the padding you have on the wall for baseball. Because if uh, someone's going deep to take a catch in baseball, you need some protection. I mean, it it was crazy, Simon. I'm not sure why the AFL didn't tick that off uh, or didn't ask them to put padding on it before they ticked it off as an OH&S issue. Um, But luckily, no one hit it, Simon. There we go. So we can can be wiser, hopefully, now if you're at the AFL without actually someone needing to get hurt to talk about it. We had someone run into the fence of the SCG years and years ago before we worked out that and got injured before we worked out that the SCG boundary was too close to the fence. So I'm agreeing with you, Simon. Let's hope they pick up on that and we might be able to get that padded next time we play a game at that venue. Well, there'd be AFLW games, a lot of AFLW games played at that venue as well. Um, Peter and Essendon, welcome to you. Peter, you want to talk Richmond? Yes, uh, good afternoon. Dwayne, you were calling the game with uh, Melbourne and Richmond. Uh, now, let's forget about the scoreboard and... Um, we know how, what Melbourne is going to produce this year. But your inner thoughts with Richmond, Dwayne, we know where Gibson was missing and Tarrant, it's two key defenders. But yeah. I didn't know what to make of Richmond, uh, Dwayne. Were they not working hard or was it um, a bit of lacklustre? Can you just go a bit deeper because you were there at the ground, please, Dwayne? Well, there's a couple of things. Maybe they're just using pre-season like most teams use pre-season. Uh, why go full tilt now? We don't have to. Let's just protect ourselves a little, not get injured. They played Tyler Young, who's coming off the rookie list. So he's a rookie with Richmond this year as the key defender that was in the place of... Or Josh Gibkiss would probably have that spot if he didn't have the hamstring or Robbie Tarrant. So take your pick. But if they are both fit, I think they'd probably both be in that back line and Tyler Young wouldn't get a gig. Uh, Tyler Young is a mature, mature age key defender from Frankston in the VFL. So he's 24 years of age and he didn't do too badly yesterday. I am a little bit worried about whether you've got the speed through the midfield. So you've added two guns, Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper. But you also, I think I'd like to see, to be honest, me, I'd have Shea Bolton in there more often. I think Shea Bolton is the key for Richmond to improve. He's got the speed and that dynamic X factor. But it just depends on which Shea Bolton you get. He didn't finish in the top 20 of the Brownlow last year, Shea Bolton. Didn't finish in the top three of Richmond's BNF. And yet at times last year, Shea Bolton was the best player in the competition. So which Shea Bolton are we going to get this year? And, you know, we'll ask the question at some stage this year, has Jack Rewalt and Trent Cotchin, you know, gone a year too long? Uh, hopefully we don't ask it that much. Um, but maybe Jack Rewalt and Trent Cotchin, because they're a little older, aren't hitting the pre-season game as hard as they will be next week when it's round one because that's what older players do. So, uh, And maybe they placed a Melbourne who were just... The way Max Gorn played yesterday was ridiculous. He tried like it was a grand final... Sorry, Saturday. Max Gorn tried like it was a grand final. 
I mean, he was diving on over boots to smother. He could have got could have got a kick in the head a couple of times, but he was playing like he wanted to be the captain that leads this team like it's the grand final, regardless of what day it is you cross the white line. So there was a difference between the approach of these two teams. Maybe Richmond are going to flick the switch next week and beat Carlton. But at the moment, on what I've seen, I might be more inclined to be tipping Carlton round one than Richmond. Uh, Peter the Wales, you want to have a final say on that? Yeah, I, my thoughts are the same, Dwayne. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, well said that what you just said. But um, yeah, just, they left me a bit, uh, bit of a sour taste. Uh, the Tigers on that day, even though it's a yeah. practice game. But, uh, hopefully, you're right. They'll kickstart it. You know, I know it's only early days yet, but we'll just see what happens, Dwayne. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing, the flick the switch thing. Port Adelaide thought they were going to flick the switch last year with a lacklustre pre-season and started the season 0-5, and the season was over before they blinked. So it is a dangerous thing to be doing it, and that's why I like what Melbourne and Brisbane are doing at the moment. But you can come back round 18 when you know fatigue sets in and you know Melbourne might do a Carlton and lose their last four games because their guys are fatigued and they get a few injuries. But I'd rather be in Melbourne's boots right now than in Richmond's boots heading into round one. Appreciate your call, Peter. Go back to your calls for Midday Madness. Won't be wasting any time today. We'll try and get you on if you call. Only got three hours to do it, though. So keep your calls coming. I'll read a heap of your texts out as well. Keep them coming for 40 Winks and Temper. T-E-M-P-U-R. That's text number 0433981116. Temper. Consumer's Choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Uh, if there's any breaking news, Sammy Edmonds is going to bring it to us during the course of the program. And later on, after two, Justin Reeves as well, given it's Hawthorne Membership Day, is going to join us, the CEO. John in Port Augusta, welcome to you, John. Hi, Dwayne. Uh, where's my beloved Port Adelaide at, Dwayne? I mean, um, I'm a Ken Hinkley fan, as you probably well know. I mean, mm. um, I've brought up numerous times defending him and all the rest of it, because he gave the club credibility on his knees, along with Kochi, along with Keith Thomas, all these people. But where's the Port Adelaide Football Club at, Dwayne, your thoughts? Well, I've been a Ken Hinckley, or I am a Ken Hinckley fan as well, but I was worried last year pre-season when I saw them play a lacklustre possession-based game pre-season. I liked it better when, or six years ago, or seven years ago now, Port Adelaide were the innovator when it came to playing on instantly when you got a turnover in your back line, when you got an intercept mark in your back line. They just went. But the trouble is, other teams went to school on it and started to, you know, read the fact that they were just going to go. And Port Adelaide, you know, jumped at the shadow and stopped doing it and started yeah. playing this. If you get the ball in your back line, hold it, wait, see what options are there first before you play on. And I didn't like that change, and I think it was detrimental to their cause. Port Adelaide just haven't improved for mine for the last year or two. And that's my big worry. But I haven't really said much about it because no one rings about Port or says that much about Port. And, and you know, it's sort of there's so many of the other big clubs we have so many callers on. But, you know, you call, you get on, we'll discuss your point. You've discussed it. So let me play you Nathan Buckley from earlier on today on breakfast. And Nathan Buckley, was he scathing of Ken Hinckley? Or was he, well, he kind of summed up in a way what I'm feeling. The synergy's not there. I mean, John Longmire seems to get something more out of Sydney, every time I see them, more than the sum of their parts. But they've got this unity. They play with some sort of unbelievable spirit. Whereas, as Buck said on breakfast, Port don't seem to have the synergy. Here's Bucks. I think they could win as few as 10 and as many as 16. I have them as big swingers, which was 
very similar to last year. Um, yeah, and they won't, they end up winning ten games after over a terrible start. So I just I think they've got I think they've got great talent. They're just looking for synergy, looking for that um, yeah, rising tide lifts all boats type type thing that where where the players actually come together and make each other better. Mm. I don't think we're seeing that um, in the last eighteen months, like definitely last year. So that's Bucks. Uh, that answers a question for you, John. Uh, got talent, no synergy, not there the last 18 months. That scares me. Thanks for your call. Spiros and Carnegie, welcome to you, Spiros. How are you, Dwayne? Yeah, good, thanks. Dwayne, um, just since the uh, teams have started training, of uh, just taking note of some of the injuries that crop up, uh, and you, you hear about some of the main plays, like St Kilda have lost King, they've lost Billings. Now, I did a quick calculation Well, from the... Um, uh, from the teams, there's 101 injuries at the moment out there. And that's before the season starts. 101. So that's including anything from from one uh, to TBA to be cons- um, not we're going to be available to five weeks to the season. If I get a chance, I'll actually write them down. And I'll ring you back and give you a, a break up of what's there. But um, that's a hell of a lot before the season starts. And I know there's also a lot of pressure on the players to when they come back, you know, they've got to have X amount of fat. I don't know what the process that they measure. And um, the body's got to stop and um, and heal and, and rest. And I was speaking to uh, to Jared Healy and to Kane Corns a couple of weeks ago and sort of asked them something about this similar. And um, like, how long does it take them to get fit? And they and Jared said to me, oh, he was running with his brother Christmas Day. Uh, so, I mean, can you... So what are, what are your thoughts on that? 101 is a hell of a lot. That's yeah. what's going to happen when the starts. Where is that going to go? And what's the expectation? Well, Spiros, yeah, let me ask you answer your question this way. Uh, in terms of what Jared Healy said about training Christmas Day, I used to train Christmas Day as well. Chris Dipmar, uh, myself, a number of even Hooksy would turn up a few times to the uni gym with uh, Crouchy, and we'd train on the Versa climber, and you know, kind of get a session in Christmas Day, and that was a big start. We'd do the sand hills across that Christmas period. Uh, down at Tennyson back in the days when you could run the sand hills and uh, they weren't being protected, or maybe they were, we shouldn't have been training on them. Um, but I think Christmas Day around that period was the starting point for players for a long, long time. So it's not just maybe the starting point for players now. Injuries get detailed more now than ever. I spoke to Max Gorn before the game on Saturday. I uh, had a chat to him in the car park as we were walking in, and I said, how bad is your hamstring? And he said, well, it was so minor that it wouldn't even have been reported if not for a journalist being at training and seeing him go off prematurely during the session. And then they kind of thought, well, we better be honest with it. Someone's seen me go off. Let's be honest and tell them why. He just felt a little bit of tightness. Now, sometimes tightness is little more than cramp or a little more than a, a minor spasm. So things get written down on injury lists now that were never written down before. So maybe that's why the injury lists are longer. Now, there's also a different training regime these days where they do train with an intensity, but they also train with load management. So there's a detail on what did you do last week and whatever you did last week, we're not ramping it up this week by more than 10%. So you would never have a player, say, go on a 5K um, hard run last week and all of a sudden be doing 10 or 15K this week. It's only ever going up by 10% gradients, etc. They are really cautious. So, no, I don't think injuries are any worse now than they already always have been, Spiros. 
I just think the lists are detailed because clubs are being honest. Uh, and when you see a player not train these days, there's eight journos down there. So you have to detail it on your injury list. Otherwise, the journos are going to ask questions. Plenty of time for your calls for Midday Madness. The open line number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? We've got one less interview on a Monday in 2023, which means that Mondays are going to be available for more of your calls. We've got more time for you, so it's a great little innovation. We're trying to enhance Midday Madness, so plenty more time for Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Keep your calls coming. Also, I want to read more of your text during Midday Madness, so let me race through a few now on that text machine number 0433981116. One here from um, Paul. Uh, where Were Brisbane better than you expected in their win over Geelong? Cheers, Paul. Well, Brisbane is as good as I have been saying all pre-season they would be based on the fact that I think they've added two guns. I think Jack Gunston, he's a gun goal kicker. Uh, we are talking about Fife earlier. If he gets 100 shots, um, he'll kick you 50-50 as opposed to uh, Darcy Fogarty kicking you 65-35. Jack Gunston's going to kick you 65-35 as well. And it's a big difference if you have a player that's reliable in front of God. I don't think Jack Gunston's going to get 100 shots, but what I do think he's going to do is uh, allow or take some of the heat from Hipwood and take some of the heat from Danaher. So that's why Brisbane are going to get better as a forward unit. They've got Charlie Cameron at their feet still, and they've added, you know, Josh Dunkley is a star. So talking about Mark Robinson's top 50, who's going to be the top 50 at the end of the year, um, I think he had, where did he have... Uh, Josh Dunkley. I think he had Josh Dunkley down the list. Had him at 24. If Brisbane win the flag, come the end of the season, he could actually be top two or three, Josh Dunkley. That's how good a player he could be when it comes to, at the end of the year, what the top 50 is. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised by Brisbane. And I'm, I never fell into this Geelong's unbeatable. It's uh, daylight second and Geelong winning the flag stuff from last week when they beat Hawthorne. So thanks for your text. Uh, Sam Darcy will become the biggest weapon in the comp if not in the not-too-distant future. That's from J-Dog. Yeah, there's a number of players that didn't make Robbo's top 50. Uh, if I was going to do a top 50 myself, who's going to be in the top 50 at the end of the year? I would have had Sam Darcy in there. I would have had Errol Goulden in there. I would have had... Um, I think I'd put Will Ashcroft in there. I think he'd be in the top 50 players in the comp come the end of the season. I noticed that Robbo's got Nick Dacos in there heading into year two. I think Will Ashcroft could well be about 33 where Nick Dacos is right now come the end of the year. Uh, Norwood Oval still has a wall. That's Nigel in Burnside. You're right. And they need to put padding on that for the AFL game that's going to be played there on Gather Round. Hi, Dwayne. It was great to see you take a selfie with well-known Melbourne supporter Sean on Saturday at Casey Fields. Um, Yeah, look, uh, to be honest, my level of fame is fun. Uh, I don't get hassled in restaurants. My level of fame is such that the amount of time I get asked for selfies, it's actually flattering and I take, you know, it's fun. So, yeah, if you see me around, don't be afraid to say hello. It's always fun, especially if you're a Midday Madness listener. And as I always say to you, when I meet you in the street, if you say, hey, I listen to Midday Madness, I always say, why don't you call? So hopefully plenty of people will call this year. Runga in Clayton. Welcome to you, Runga. Great to have you on the line. Hello, Duane. Good to hear from you. Um, just uh, I'm a long-suffering Carlton fan, and I heard you and I have the top eight and you had Carlton at nine. I think you're spot on, Duane, because more I look at Carlton team with the back line, if we have an injury to Jacob Withering, I think we're gone. And if Michael Voss thinks 
he can win games with uh, Loki Plowman playing in the back line. He's a joke. That new kid that played Lachlan Coven played even better than him. If, I don't know whether you watched the Carlton Sydney yeah, game. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And if Plowman is one of our back line, we probably won't even finish ninth, I'm telling you now. Yeah, Ranga, I think their back line is an issue. Um, Plowman's a good player, and, and Young is a good player as well, but um, they're not quite of the quality of a lot of the great defenders in the competition. They're not May, they're not Lever. So you're right, if you lose Wiedering, you're in trouble. Whereas if Melbourne lose Lever, then they've still got May and Petty. That, that's the beauty, and they've still got Max Gorn to drop back. So I think you're going to need help. That's why I think you will play Pitonet. And I think you have to have Pinnanet dropping behind the ball and maybe let De Koning ruck and have either De Koning rucking and Pinnanet a kick behind to help out your back line or let Pinnanet ruck and have De Koning play a kick behind to add to that. So, you know, the, the ability to be able to help your defence by having a ruckman drop back, like Melbourne did with Gorn on, the, on Saturday, allowing Grundy to do the ruck work, I think was a perfect opportunity for... Carlton to see what they could probably do to help out their back line because I think Young and Plowman just need some help. Uh, so thanks for your call. Runga, I wouldn't be giving up on Carlton. I think nine teams can win the flag this year. Uh, Carlton certainly one of the nine. Uh, Dwayne, I can see why John Newcomb and Errol Gordon came first and second in the AFLCA Young Player List last year. Both will be top player, 20 players by the end of the year, and I agree with you on that. Uh, Ashcroft hasn't played a game, Dwayne. Louis from Grovedale, or just the Herald Sun top 50 for Mark Robinson. It explains it in the intro, and I'll read it from the intro. The 2023, the number one player who by the end of the 2023 season will be the most influential player in the game. So it's a predictive top 50 as to what the top 50 will be at the end of the year. That's why I've got... Ashcroft and Gordon in the top 50. So, yeah, I think by the end of the year they'll be up there. Boys, Lobby Company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria, supporting businesses in residential, commercial, and civil construction. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Keep your calls coming on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, 1300 736 736. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Jim, Ronnie, Baz, we're coming to you. If you want to jump on the line, by all means, jump on the line now. Keep your text coming through as well on the 40 Winks temper text, 0433981116. Jim, thanks for holding. Jim, welcome to you. Oh, it's a pleasure, Dwayne. Um, I'm like a boy on a ladder, but I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm swearing in the wind, but it's okay. The southwesterly uh, slowing down for me. How how you been? Pretty good, Jim. Looking forward to round one. Absolutely, absolutely. We take your, your boys on. But I wanted to talk about the other Magpies, your, your, your old team, Port Adelaide. You know, they've got these three. You know, you've got Lysette. It looks like a sort of ruffian from the right carnival on the back of the Dodgem cars. And then you've got uh, Finn Lason. And, uh, there's, you've got, and then you've got the uh, Warfy, uh, Charlie Dixon. And, I, you know, everyone's talking about Grundy and Gorn, but... You know, these three have got to do a whole lot more. They're, they look like they spent a whole lot of time at the Swag and Carvery, you know, eating too much and they're, you know, believing in their own bathwater. I believe they should be a whole lot better. What do you think? Well, maybe players just are what they are, Jim. Maybe Charlie Dixon, he's not a, he's not Tom Hawkins. Uh, maybe Scott Lysette, he's not Max Gorn. He's Scott Lysette. He's not as good. I mean, he's good, very, very good, Scotty, 
but maybe he's not as good as Max Gorn. Charlie Dixon, maybe he's just not as good as Jeremy Cameron. Maybe he's just not as good as Charlie Kerner. Maybe he's Charlie Dixon, and we've got to accept that they, you know, had plenty of opportunity to become, you know, greats of the competition. They've been around a long time. Not everyone's as good as people would like them to be, and you know, I was in that category too. I would have liked to have been better than I was. Now, Geelong would have liked me to have been better than I was. But you are what you are, Jim. And, you know, Charlie Dixon, you know, I'm hopeful for Todd Marshall. I'm hopeful for Mitch Georgiades that they can become the next, well, if not Charlie Kerno, you know, become the next big thing when it comes to a goal-kicking key forward. That's where, you know, maybe is Todd Marshall ever going to be that good? Is Eric Hipwood ever going to be that good? They can be compared to those guys. That's where Todd Marshall, Mitch Georgiades, Eric Hipwood, etc. You know, can they get to all Australian level? Which Charlie Dixon at least did do once. So yeah, Jim, maybe their forward line is good. It's just not great, and that's the reason why they can't win a flag. Uh, appreciate your call, Jim. Always great to have you call. Uh, love having you on, Ronnie and Bendigo. You got a thought on the Blues? Welcome to you, Ronnie. G'day, Dwayne. Glad to hear that you're well. Um, I just wanted to just ask. Uh, Lockie Plowman, he seems to be Carlton's whipping boy um, and has been for quite some time. The, the guy was obviously highly touted as a youngster being you know, picked at number three in the draft 10 years ago. He's almost played 150 games. Um, when does the guy get a bit of a chop out? Like you said before, he's a good player. Um, I, just, I don't quite understand all, all these Carlton supporters that like to bash him when... As a collective, we weren't good enough to get it done last year. And if he can... Like, he played 15 games last year. Like, is that an indictment on Michael Voss and the, and the committee, like the match committee, that they keep picking him? Or I know that we had injuries, but surely he can't be as bad as everyone thinks. And it just seems like... I know, Carlton, we're a big club and we love to eat our own, but surely this bloke, like, he's, you know, he's 28. When did he get a chop out, Dwayne? What's your thoughts? Yeah, he's in that same bracket as maybe Scott Lysette and Charlie Dixon. Plowman's a good player. So is he ever going to be as good as Stephen May? Is he going to be Jake Lever? Is he going to be as good as Jacob Wettering? Probably not. The trouble is, Carlton's backline for so long has been thin, Ronnie. So you've required... Uh, Harrison Petty gets the third best forward. I know, you know, in essence, defenders don't play on players anymore. But Harrison Petty is able to get the third best forward when it comes to actually being assigned someone in a matchup. Whereas Lockie Plowman doesn't get that luck, Ronnie. Uh, there's no, he's not, he's not the third banana. He's got to play on someone really good every week. And the hard part is there's some really good forwards these days, Ronnie. Oh, absolutely, Dwayne. But I think if, if the... Weider like, will get number one, I think that Lewis Young... Like, yeah, admittedly that Zach wins that, that doesn't obviously help, but I, I don't know. It just feels like he's he's the whipping boy for as a result yeah. of the greater failings of the back line. And I just feel like you know, but we you know he'll have one bad game and they'll be into him. But if he plays, like I said, he played 15 games last year and he's forever just getting whipped from pillar to post. It just feels like we're eating our own. And yeah, well, Ronnie, I think it's know. more a case of the discussion as to why Carlton didn't make the eight. How can Carlton get better? What's their flaw? And the back line's probably the discussion point. So that's why it gets discussed all the time, Ronnie. And Plowman's one of those guys. What is the back line good enough? No. You probably 
as much as I probably shouldn't say this, um, if you had Jones back there, Liam Jones, instead of him going to the Bulldogs now, maybe that would have been the help that allows Ploughman to be the third banana and a lot better. It allows Lewis Young to be fourth banana and a lot better. But unfortunately, they cop a lot of inside 50s, that defence for Carlton, and it's overwhelming at times to the point that, you know, if one of them, if Wittering doesn't play on, so if you're playing Geelong, for example, and Geelong have got Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins, one of them has to play on that guy. So is Jeremy Cameron going to beat Lewis Young? Is Jeremy Cameron going to beat Lockie Plowman? Probably. That's because Jeremy Cameron's so damn good and Tom Hawkins is so damn good. Uh, Baz and Coburg, you got a thought on Carlton too, Baz. Welcome to you. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne, mate. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I don't see where the improvement's going to come this year regarding Carlton because our weakness has always been defence. Yet we go out and get Blake Akers, another mid. Um, you know, like, the boys have had a problem for the last five, six years regarding leaking goals, three, four, five, six goals in a row. So what's what's the difference this year to last year? Like, where, how are they going to go up the ladder, you know, recruiting one, another mid? Well, maybe by getting... I think Blake Akers is a really good player. So maybe he's going to stop the Carlton backline from being overwhelmed by inside 50s because you might be able to retain possession and not turn it over as much. So getting quality wingmen, I think, helps that. Get a guy, getting a guy who can carry the ball, make a good assessment, and actually hit a target forward as opposed to turning it over because turnovers in flow puts too much pressure on your back line. You, you're allowing the opposition to play on into an unset defence. So if you've got a really good wingman who works up and back, can help the defence, but also hit a target when he goes forward, maybe it's going to allow Carlton to concede less inside 50s and help the back line that way. So I think recruiting Blake Akers was a good idea. Could you have got Liam Jones back? Maybe. Could you have been able to recruit, I don't know, one here on the text, Wayne, would you try and get Tom DeConing down back like his brother? Um, you know, if you could get Sam DeConing from Geelong to play the DeConings together, would that be better? Yeah, it would be. I mean, Geelong's just reinvented their back line with Asava Radagalia. So they've found someone internally who could be a backman. Has Carlton got someone internally that you can change to becoming backman? Probably not. That's the hard part. When you've got a really thick list like Geelong's got, you've got some quality down there that, hey, we need a backman, let's make one out of a Sava. Appreciate your call, Baz. And depth is going to be an issue. No doubt depth is going to be an issue. Ryan in Cheltenham, welcome to you, Ryan. You want to change sports for a second? Uh, yes, Dwayne. Um, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to um, give a big congratulations, even though he doesn't play for my NBL team, but Xavier Cooks just signed a two-year deal with the Washington Bullets. Uh, sorry, the Washington Wizards. Yep. Showing my age there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And, no, uh, great news. Yeah, is he going to be okay for Game Three? So, played nine minutes in Game Two. Sydney won Game Two against New Zealand. For those unaware, beat New Zealand in New Zealand. So that best of five Grand Final series in the NBL stands at one all now. And Game Three, like Game Five, will be if it takes a Game Five, will be in Sydney. So. Sydney have the advantage now. Xavier Cooks has a bit of an ankle issue. Played nine minutes, but only two points and four rebounds. Been signed by the Wizards. Um, will he play a big role in game three, do you think, with an extra little bit of time to get over the injury? Um, I think uh, Chase Buford's going to push him and they're going to go to um, reclaim home court advantage. So I expect him to get uh, close to the usual minutes myself. Yeah, and I think they'll get it done as well, Sydney now. Uh, New Zealand had a huge opportunity slip there 
I had the Kings on the ropes by winning game one in Sydney and letting, well, not letting Sydney, but having Sydney win game two in New Zealand. And they blew them away, really. They won 95 to 87, but it was a bigger win than that. They were up by about 18 for a lot of that last quarter. So I appreciate your call, Ryan. But it is a good news story. Xavier Cooks, he tries his heart out. He's one of those sports people, for those people who don't watch the NBL, who just gives absolutely everything he's got every time he walks out on court. So that's why he'll be good for an NBA club. Uh, is he going to be one of the you know, starting five every time they play? Probably not. But he's going to come off the bench and give them something every time because you know what you're going to get with Xavier Cooks. He doesn't let you down all that often, even though he can't shoot as well as quite a number of other players who get picked up out of the NBL and go to the NBA. Great to have you call, Ryan. Uh, Summit in Dandenong North. Welcome to you, Summit. Good, Dwayne. How are you doing? Good, thank you. What do you got for us? Uh, Dwayne, um, uh, I've, I've called uh, you before as well, and uh, you know, the, mainly the topic uh, always revolves around cricket, but this time you know, I'm uh, talking about Carlton. That's the team I support in AFL. Far away. Now, obviously, you know, you've had a number of calls this morning or this afternoon, uh, you know, people talking about Carlton. And uh, I just want to press this point. Like, you know, we, we can all be experts and pundits at the start of the season, how the team's going to go, what the ladder's going to look like, you know, after, uh, after round 24, round 25. But uh, at the end of the day, no one predicted, obviously, you know, Collingwood to start from number 17 at the end of the previous year and to be in top four. I mean, sky's the limit for Carlton as well. And if they play the way they played, you know, the first few rounds last year and they have lesser injuries, I mean, the forwards have to obviously kick a lot of goals. And then, you know, we, we don't want any injuries in the midfield and we don't want injuries in the back line either, which is pretty thin, like you said. Um, I mean, we can have a bumper here if that's the case. And again, you know, our list might be tested if we have injuries, but... Um, You've got to be smart. Got to be smart at uh, you know how we play out and how we give or how we rest our forwards or mid midfield. You know, depending on the games we play. What do you reckon? Yeah, there's a not, there's a huge upside for Carlton. There's a lot of people you know talking about why they can't, but we should be actually focus focusing like you, someone on why they can. I think there's a lot of reasons why Carlton can, and that is the forward line especially. Now midfield, when Walsh is up and running. You've got two of the best midfielders in the comp, two of the top ten, when Walsh is at his best. So let's presume you get Sam Walsh back. Let's presume you get McGovern back in defence. Okay, so that adds to the defence, and he gives you that defender, the extra defender that we've been talking about to help out Weedering and to take some of the pressure off Young and take some of the pressure off Plowman. So McGovern, you get him back. You won't get Zach Williams back for the year, but your goal-kicking power is going to be huge, given you've got De Koning, Kerno, and Mackay, and you've also got the extra wingman now that won't, you know, turn it over as much, I don't think, Blake Akers. So I think you've got a lot to look forward to if you're a Carlton fan. So I'm agreeing with you on that. Straight back to your calls and your texts for Midday at Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. You can drop down to Werribee Kia, have a chat to the team. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, whole team down there at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. And they were awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia at Wuros. And they're getting new and used car stock in every day. So check it out online or drop down and say hello. It's also Hawthorne Membership Day today on SEM. Be part of the new breed of Hawk in 2023 and become a member today at hawks.team slash SEM. Justin Reeves is going to join us on the program a little bit later on. Hawthorne CEO. That's 
after two o'clock. A couple of texts. Um, sorry, but Dustin Martin is no best power mid as won't run both ways. He didn't really had to run defensively as hard as some power mids have to, Mike, but uh, appreciate your text. Uh, Dwayne, are you suggesting Fife's body will hold up? Kick 50 goals? I don't think so. Well, if his body, I am backing his body to hold up, and I think he can kick 50-plus goals this year, Nat Fife, and change that Fremantle forward dynamic. Um, based on Saturday, Cochin and Rewild are gone, or Dusty wasn't interested at all. That's from Mike as well. Well, the interesting part to me is some older players don't necessarily have to go as hard as they normally would in the preseason. Maybe, maybe, and I'm only guessing that's where Rewalt and Cochin were kind of at. And maybe they will flick the switch and be fine round one against the Blues. They're superstars, so who's to say they won't be able to do it? Uh, any news on Dion Prestia? Dwayne, that's from Jake. Find out from Sammy Edmund, who's going to join us after two, the latest on Dion Prestia as well as he brings us all the latest news. Dwayne... If Fife has more than 50 shots this season, I'm taking you to the flower drum for a feed and a bottle of Hill of Grace Shiraz. He is yesterday's news. No chance. Sammy and Doncaster East. Well, I think Fife can kick 50 plus. So I'm happy to look at the glass being half full when it comes to Fife holding up. Um, bank early whinging. You can rest players to avoid fatigue versus having to chase top eight. Mike, and I'm with you, Mike. I'd rather bank the early wins as well. Last thing you want to be doing is starting 0-3 or 0-5 as it was for Port last year. Dwayne, are you convinced Gorn and Grundy will be a masterstroke? That's from Peter. Yeah, I am. I think it will be. I think Melbourne and Brisbane are a good chance to play off in the grand final this year. Would not surprise me at all if it's a Melbourne-Brisbane grand final. Dogs were super excited for the year ahead. Troy from Ballarat. Dogs are looking pretty good. And they've gone into this preseason with one less preseason game as well, which uh, might end up being a masterstroke. Uh, Ashley and Achuka, I'm coming to you in a second. Just want to read a few more texts. Um, I don't rate Brisbane. They choke come finals time. That's a harsh assessment from Michael. Michael, a lot of these assessments end up being proven wrong. Geelong was too old, too slow. Yeah, and won the flag. Port Adelaide choked. And what happened? Uh, they won the flag. And that's why there's that famous vision of Mark Williams walking around the boundary line with his tie up around his neck, holding it high. Good on you, Choco. One of the great um, pieces of footage after a grand final win of all time. Um, so, yeah, Brisbane, well, they do until they don't. I think they can win it this year. Uh, and another one here. Dwayne, 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 please address the gimme goal advantage call that was paid during the Melbourne-Richmond game. This is not a small miss or a stuff-up. They cannot override a goal umpire who has signalled a behind when the ball clearly hit the post. It's from Hayden. Hayden, I agree with you. We mentioned it during the coverage. So for those who didn't see it on the Richmond-Melbourne game, there was a ball that hit the post, but there was a free kick going to be paid to Taranto, one metre out from goal for a push in the back. And in the end, they just signalled a goal. Um, so they got that wrong. It should have either been Taranto kicking from the goal line to kick a goal or a behind, one of the two. And given the umpire paid the free kick to Taranto, it should have been Taranto from the goal line. They just simply gave a goal. So, yeah, Hayden, the umpires are going to make mistakes. That was a mistake. We did highlight it in the coverage. Um, it was a bit like a golfer being given a one-foot putt um, in match play when, really, in the AFL, we don't have gimmies when it comes to goals. Ashley and Achuka, welcome to you, Ashley. Dwayne, hope you're well, mate. Hey, um, Absolutely. I uh, just wanted to have a chat about Carlton. So I, I do think they've got a, a slight issue coming into, into this year, like, yeah, and it's more surrounded around the depth. Like a lot, last year, they had a lot of injuries, and you know, it always hurts when you get injuries. And I know Cripps and Walsh—they're big names, but 
some of the great sides, you, know, you look at Geelong, yeah, everyone's sort of talking, those guys being there, top four, and, they, and they've just lost Salwood. Um, you know, when, when you miss some of these stars, great teams have a depth and a plan to replace these guys. And it seems like Carlton don't have a plan B on the field and don't have a plan B when it comes to their depth. So I agree with Bucks. And I do think if, 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 ever, if everything doesn't go well for Carlton in terms of injuries this year, then, yep, they're out of the eight. Ashley, there's a lot on the text as well that are fearing the same thing you're fearing. So I appreciate your call, and I've read a heap of them out as well. It could be the difference maker. Depth is going to be massive, and we've seen it in previous seasons how big depth is. I mean, even Geelong in the grand final to, you know, Holmes, they had the depth to cover him, so they didn't have to take a risk to play him. So the poor guy misses out when he probably could have played, where, as I don't think Sydney... So Laddams was unavailable, so they didn't have the opportunity of using him. And maybe they could have gone with Logan McDonald, but they took the chance on Reed and it didn't work. So sometimes if you've got the depth, um, you can you can take the chance or not take the chance. And if you've got depth, sometimes even in the middle of a season where you'd rather play a guy, but you're thinking, hang on, let's just hold back here um, and and not play this guy because we're better off having him in the finals. And that's where depth can help you mid-season as well. Um why hasn't Silvani been played as a permanent back? You would think he has the pedigree to do so. He's been stuffed around and become a spare parts player. He would be the most confused player in the AFL. That's from, that's from Bruce. Um, I was at the Dogs Kangas on Saturday Pipe, and I think Lobb maybe is as important and as influential to the Pups as Grundy will be for the Ds. Not sure too much can be taken away from dominating the Kangas, though. They still seem a long way off. Steve... In Footscray, you're right. So the the Bulldogs have played one preseason game only, as opposed to the other teams giving us two weeks of exposed form. And the Bulldogs' one game has been against North. So how much do you read into it? I'm still pretty confident the Dogs are going to be okay. I think just uh, stick the course. Um, we're improving every day. We're working really hard um, in the four walls and every day of training. And um, our best football is not going to come um, straight away. We're going to improve every every game. We've got a very young list um, that's only going to get better with experience and, and games together. So just be, be a little bit patient and, and we'll bring the results, hopefully. I've heard that same audio from that same player multiple times. Less talk, more action from Essendon, please. Yeah, right. it's, um, it's, and, and I think it's difficult as a leader to stand up consistently in front of that performance in, in, in the background. And once again, it is only it is only early. The, the, we'll know a little bit more about we the heard dollars it last year. Four, though. four to six, yeah, agreed, agreed. But we've got a new coach, and we've got a new a new you know, style and a, potentially a new uh, concept to put together. It's gonna it's gonna take us four to six weeks to know what the Dons are gonna do in in twenty three. Um, but we know that this isn't a three month fix. This is a three year fix. Interesting little dynamic at breakfast at play at the moment on a Monday with Kane Corns and Nathan Buckley. That was Andy McGrath talking about being patient with Essendon and that was Kane Corns in response to it saying, I've heard this over and over again from the same player. So, yeah, it's interesting when you hear the same narrative over and over again and it does play on your mind. I have heard this from Essendon quite a bit and are you getting sick of it? Do you just want to see them do it? Yeah, probably. Let me play you another thing that I've heard when it comes to the narrative that's been thrown up a little bit. Nathan Buckley had some things to say today about St Kilda, and I'm hearing this narrative about St Kilda over and over a bit as well, that 
they're going to go down this year before they go forward in 2024, which disturbs me a little. Um, I'm not sure why there all of a sudden is this narrative more and more about St Kilda having a reset year under Ross Lyon. I thought when they appointed Ross Lyon, it was all about uh, expecting them to project themselves up the ladder. Here's Nathan Buckley on expecting the Saints to finish maybe bottom four. So I think that St Kilda, Hawthorne, Essendon, and North Melbourne will be the bottom four. St from, Kilda bottom four. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll finish around. I've got them between seven and eleven wins. I just can't see them getting anywhere near to the eleven wins that they got last year. And and, that, and I'm not talking about Ross Lyon's capacity either. He's he's going to give be great copy this year. I, I love. I. I I've actually been able to spend a little bit. I've had a few chats with him over the last two or three months. I think he's an, he's a, he's a funny guy. And he's obviously really passionate and got great capacity as a coach. But I just think that it's it's going to be bloody tough. It's going to be a tough season mm. for for the St Kilda. Um, well, I reckon that's a big story. I, I think that's a big story. Then, if and you know, I'm I'm not disagreeing with where they may finish. But if if you sack your coach three months after signing him and say that your list is better better than what it's shown yep. essentially. And if you say we don't want to get stuck in the six to ten zone, yeah, well, then you've got then to go down a... or up. So there it is. I'm getting worried by that St Kilda narrative as well. So Bucks has spoken to Ross Lyon a few times over preseason, and has Ross Lyon filled him with confidence about the Saints being able to rise up the ladder? Obviously not. Bucks on the back of speaking to Ross Lyon and making an assessment of what he's seen is picking St Kilda to drop out to finish bottom four and maybe then accelerate again in. 2024, I've actually spoken to a few people at St Kilda and they are also telling me the same thing. Oh, it's going to be a long year. We won't get Max King back until round seven. So that Essendon and St Kilda narrative, I just wanted to play you those bits to see what you think because that did prick my ears up. Grab out to your calls for Midday Madness, Mal in Boleyn. Thanks for holding. Mal, welcome to you. G'day, Dwayne. Just wanted to have a chat about the Hawks. Um, I know one match against Collingwood is not going to give us a true indication of how we're going but uh, certainly if we can match it with them it certainly fills me with confidence that uh, hopefully, especially the first round against the Red and Black Filth will do well. What do you reckon? Well I said after you lost to Geelong a couple of weeks ago and people were saying oh, Geelong win the flag and it's daylight second and no one's going to beat them that I've actually, I watched that game live, I was there and I was actually reasonably impressed by what Hawthorne were trying to do. So I wasn't one of the the people that thought that that was a horrific effort by Hawthorne. They actually put a bit of hope in my soul that they're in the right, on the right path back. So, yeah, and it was no surprise to, to see you do well against Collingwood, Mal. So I'm agreeing with you. I think there is a, a long-term plan that Sam Mitchell is trying to put in place when it comes to game style. I think that they're trying to use the space and use the corridor, play on quickly, um, uh, back their guys in to be able to hit targets with 30-metre kicks, um, keep playing forward as opposed to going backwards. Uh, I think the players will learn that style, get better at it, and you'll beat better teams. Now, can Hawthorne win more games than last year? You won eight last year. I actually got pulled up by a few people last week when I said that there is a chance that Hawthorne could win more than eight. Maybe you won't win nine or ten. Maybe it'll be eight again. But I do feel confident that Hawthorne, if they don't win eight, it'll be around that mark. And I think Hawthorne are on the right improvement curve now. So hold the line. Got something for you. 
Uh, you've got a $100 Hawks Nest voucher. Be part of the new breed of Hawk in 2023 and become a member today at hawks.team slash SEN. Ray and Ashwood, welcome to you, Ray. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. I um, heard you talking about the Saints before. Um, I've been to a few training sessions, and I really think that uh, it's been the intensity at training alone has been uh, a lot better than last year. I know we got spanked by Melbourne, but uh, they had a full squad. We had a few, quite a few injuries, plus a couple of other guys out. And I thought our Essendon performance was pretty good for maybe two quarters, and we still had quite a few guys out. So... Round one, I mean, we're playing um, Frio. It's going to be tough, but under the you know at at Etihad, I think that sort of evens things up a bit. I, I think that you know there's no reason why we can't go um, you know at least nine or ten games this year. I think at least. Yeah, the hard part is for. Positive. Yeah, well, the hard part is what did you win last year? Was it ten or eleven, St Kilda? Uh, I think it was so, eleven. I think. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be match, hard to match that again, Ray. That's the thing. Whether we talk about teams going up or down, I mean, you go up from eleven, you're making the eight just about. So that's the other issue for Saints fans. If you don't win eleven, have you gone backwards? Well, not according to Nathan Buckley, and not according to a lot of people at St Kilda who are trying to kind of sell this whole 2024 narrative and trying to downplay the expectation for 2023. And we know Ross Lyon, you know, you can finish last in 2023. They're not going to sack Ross Lyon. So you do have a honeymoon period coming. But how many years of honeymoon period is he going to get? Ray, I appreciate your call. Um, speaking of round one, it's, a, it's an amazing round one when you look at who you're going to tip. It is pretty difficult with just about every game who you're going to tip. And whilst on that planet, SEN Tire Power Tipping is back. You can play SEN Tire Power Tipping and join for your chance to win weekly prizes, including the major prize of $5,000. So sign up now at tipping.sen.com.au. Tire Power Tipping is back, and Tire Power are back. I met Richard Ellery again. Uh, I've run into Richard quite a few times. I saw him at the NBL South East Melbourne Phoenix semi-final. One of the great guys. So uh, he is the GM of Tire Power, if you're unaware. If you are in the market for tyres... Make sure you drop into your local tyre power, all independently owned and a ripping bunch of people. Drop out to your calls, Dave in Melton. Welcome to you, Dave. Hey, mate, how are you? Good. Mate, I reckon there's three coaches who are under pressure to make a grand final before the season starts to keep their jobs. And that's Fagan, Hinkley and Beveridge. Well, Fagan and Beveridge have been re-signed on longer-term deals, so it's an enormous payout coming if they're to sack those two. I don't think either of those are going to be sacked. Um, Ken Hinckley make the grand final. I think there's a chance that Port Adelaide could finish top six and Ken Hinckley keep his job. It just depends on... Look, Port Adelaide could finish... They could finish top at the end of the home-and-away season and go out of the finals in straight sets and there'll be people coming for Port saying, you know, well, Hinkley can't even get us into a grand final. But then again, Port Adelaide could finish eighth and have a stirring win in an elimination final and then get beaten the next week and finish top six. And people might say, well, at least Ken Hinkley's on the right track. So, yeah, I know that Ken Hinkley's under pressure. That's been talked about a bit. But Brisbane have taken some of the pressure off Fagan and the Dogs have taken pressure off Luke Beveridge by re-signing them. Is there pressure on Brisbane, though, to win a flag in this era? Absolutely. There is enormous pressure, I think, on Brisbane to get a flag out of this 
little period they've got because it's been a while now, what, 20-odd years since the Lions have won a flag. So, to be honest, I think there is some pressure on, but I don't think it's going to be sackable pressure if the Lions suddenly, you know, don't win the flag this year. I appreciate your call, Dave. I really do. It is interesting to hear the narrative coming from different clubs. Did you hear... Well, we just heard Jared Whateley did do the ad for Geelong's membership for 2023. Be one in hoops is the Cats' motto. Um, give me your best motto for 2023. A few of the teams have come up with a few different ones. So the Cats have come up with be one in hoops. The Dogs have come up with a one-word motto. It's simply unleash. The Demons have come up with a one-word motto for their membership push. It's spirit. Gold Coast have come up with a line, uh, a line, never say die, Gold Coast, buy your membership. Collingwood have come up with a line as well, make it legendary, join Collingwood. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. what's the best motto going around at the moment leading into membership season? And what's the motto your club should have? Because if you haven't heard Hawthorne, we've got a little bit of gazy here. Hawthorne's is believe, very Ted Lasso, I've got to say, here's Hawthorne's. Believe that the winning feeling will drive these young players each week. Believe that they will grow from the moments of pain. Believe that the club is bigger than just the match on the weekend. In 2023, Hawthorne wants you to believe. Love the mottos. If you've got a good one, who's got the best one? And if you've got a suggested one, one 736 736 We'll take a few of your calls up to the news. Justin Reeves, Hawthorne CEO, to join us after 2 o'clock. And Sammy Edwin with all the... Breaking news after 2 o'clock. Hopefully, straight after 2 o'clock, we'll find out the latest on the Jordan Degoe and Trent Cochin incidents from the pre-season games. Keep your calls coming on that Warriby Kia open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Warriby Kia, where else? And if you'd like to send through a text, 0433981116. That's the 40 Winks Temper Text. Consumer's Choice winner, Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, hey, Dwayne, I'm a long-suffering Saints fan. I have lots of hope for this year. Many don't rate our lot, but I think our defence is excellent. Our mids have some real quality and three of four great players. So there you go. We are short up forward right now, according to Chris in the basin, but he's saying, I reckon Ross can use that to our advantage. Got to be positive. So there is one positive Saints supporter. Peter saying, how good was Hunter for the Ds on the weekend? I think it's going to be enormous for the Ds to have two quality designated wingmen, Langdon on one side, Hunter on the other side. I think the wing position has been underrated a little. Uh, one here from D was James Hurd in Robbo's Top 50. Very funny. Thanks for that text as well. Uh, Dwayne tried listening to an interview with Michael Voss and all I kept hearing was coaches speak. I turned it off after five minutes. I need to hear more than just the same old stuff. I um, appreciate that as well. It is nice to hear some lateral stuff, which is why we kind of like Ross Lyon being back in the game. Paul in Berwick, what can you hear? you got a motto for Richmond. What is the Richmond's motto, Paul? I don't know, mate. Well, remember, but I don't even know, but I would change it to uh, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> why? You didn't like what they did on Saturday? Oh, mate, I'm a bit worried. So what makes you worried? Is it the fact that you've got a couple of ageing guys like Cochin and Rewald? Is it the fact that you sort of looked like you were just easing your way into your work? Dustin Martin was kind of looking like he was running at about 75% on Saturday. 
Yeah, and, and Melbourne just looks so organised and so desperate and we looked about three gears behind them and I know it's only a practice, but it, it, I got concerns. So come round 18, do you think that Melbourne will still be sustaining it and Richmond would just be warming up for their finals um, campaign at full tilt? Then can you sustain it for 30 weeks? Has Melbourne got themselves a problem or is it the perfect way to start? Oh, it, it, look, I'd like to think they're absolute geniuses and, and uh, tailoring us for the right end of the year. Um, but it just, yeah, there was a few concerns there for me. You'd hope to fix pretty quick. Yeah, it's, uh, there wasn't that much out of Saturday to make you get super excited. But at the same time, it was only a practice match. Speaking of super excited, um, I play a little bit of Kane Corns about the West Coast Eagles. Uh, if you haven't heard what Kane Corns had to say about the West Coast Eagles earlier today on breakfast, um, he's kind of telling the West Coast Eagles fans, if that's what you're going to get, you won't be going to the footy this year. Here's Kane on West Coast. The woeful Eagles, they were, they were awful at West Coast. Hard to watch. The chip-chip, that rubbish ball movement's back. Adam Simpson said on Thursday, we underperformed at home. We want to get the fans back and give them something to cheer about. That's a priority for us. Well, no Eagles fan is going to turn up to watch that rubbish. 116 marks for 51 points, 351 disposals, and they went inside 55 times in the first quarter. So uh, he's got some issues. Gaff and Kelly, two big, highly paid players, six and seven kicks respectively. So issues everywhere at the Eagles. No Eagles fans going to turn up to watch that rubbish. Uh, that's not a membership sell. It's obviously not West Coast Eagles membership day today. Uh, St Kilda um, not going to sack Ross Liner. They finished last. Extended Ratton three years and sacked him a month later. Sacked Blight halfway through the first year. Um, yeah, I get it. St Kilda don't have a great history when it comes to this kind of thing. Dwayne, best motto, forever Frio. That's from Anton. Yeah, that's a goodie. I like that. Uh, Fife is a very average kick for a bloke who has won two Brownlows. He'll be lucky to have a 35% conversion rate up forward if you were a better kick for goal pipe. Um, I think Fife will do okay as a forward. I think he'll kick 50-plus. But as I said, if he gets 100 shots and kicks 50-50, it's not going to be as good as if he gets 100 shots and kicks you 65-35. One for Carlton uh, in Voss, the boss we trust. That's from Fitzy in Coburg. And Baz says, nearly there should be Carlton's motto. Thanks for that as well. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria, supporting businesses in residential, commercial and civil construction. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. It's Hawthorne Membership Day, as we mentioned a couple of times. Today on SEN, get a free upgrade on Hawthorne Membership today. Join now at Hawks dot team slash sen and hawthorne ceo justin reeves has been good enough to join me welcome to you justin great to have you on ah uh, thanks for having me Dwayne. i wasn't all doom and gloom after being there live for your practice match against geelong and it was nice to see a pretty good performance against collingwood yeah i think it was exciting to see you know so many uh so many uh, young kids and and uh, the future of what our club you know is going to look like um, and just a small sort of glimpse of, of what the future actually will look like because uh, that was very inexperienced, but they, they, they um, did really well, really well. And so what is the future? You've kind of got a whole new generation now. You've got a new president. You've got a new coach in his second year. It is, you're heading to a new venue soon, so I don't know where you want to start. New president, Andy Gowers, what will he bring to the table? 
Well, Andy's, you know, he's been with us now for, I think, just over 100 days, uh, he said. Um, so it's only, you know, it's, it's a recent appointment, but he's been around the club a lot. Um, he's very, very positive about where we're heading. He's uh, um, very supportive of, uh, of the, the, you know, the, the, the current plans for both on and off the field. Um, and he's been, yeah, he's been a pleasure to work with. Uh, and, you know, I think he has a bit of freshness, but, you know, we're, we're a much different looking club uh, as we walk into uh, the start of this season than we were last year. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot to look forward to, both on and off the field. So he's confident in the future. You're confident in the future. How are you going to measure 2023? Well, what parameters do you measure it by? Well, I think 2023, we've you know, been very clear. We've obviously got a very, very young list. Um, we've been very, very clear on where we're going, and we've been clear to say that you know, we don't want to build a team that's you know, going to pop up for a year and, and you know, maybe make finals. We're actually building a team that we think that needs to play together. Uh, and keep building to it, we actually win a premiership and we plan to win that premiership sooner than later. So what we'll measure it on this year is is actually sticking to the plan. You know, we're not going to be jumping in shadows. And, you know, with such a young team comes the risk of, of some games that, you know, you don't want to lose that you, that you may lose. Also comes with the risk of winning some of those games that you don't expect to win. Uh, but I think what our measurement will be is We've got a really clear plan. Let's stick to it. Let's not uh, get sidetracked. Let's not try and take shortcuts um, and, and move ahead because we know that's where we need to head in the next few years. So do you have to win more than your eight games or are you saying you can go forward without winning the eight games you won last year? I mean, you know, you want to win every game you go into. And eight games last year, you know, was, was, a, was a great result. I think we probably, we probably could have won a couple more. We're in winning positions um, again. So this year, if we win eight games, great. If we win six, but we think we're moving forward, that's that's still a really good result for us. If we win ten, it's even better. Um, we, you know, we do want to win, uh, but the plan is the most important thing at the moment. And the long-term plan is the game style under Sam Mitchell. So, uh, in essence, it's your ball movement that's going to be the thing that we should judge them on, the ability to stop defensive scores, because I... I know that he wants to play this play-on, take-on-aggressive-kicks kind of game style, but you also need to give him the list to do it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we need to uh, we need to build the list. Um, I don't think we've started that. We're probably into the third year of that list build now. Um, but we, we also, and we, and we'll need to continue to add to that in the next couple of years. But I think really what Sam's been clear about is embedding down a game plan that he feels passionate about that will win uh, finals and Premiership football, but to be able to do that, these these players need to be able to you know to play with the other players in that game plan for longer. And uh, so it's not, we're not going to see you know instant turnaround there. Um, good game plans take a while to bed down. This one's well on track, but it's going to take a little bit longer. So did Clarkos want to get senior players in to keep you guys in the Premiership window? Cost you a little in terms of rebuilding for the future? Well, I think there's always the right time to, to pivot. And I think, you know, it, probably after the three-peat and then you know, 16 was, um, again, you know, a successful year playing finals, deep in the finals, that you get to 17, 18, and, and you think, OK, what if we could just, you know, we, if we add one or two players, we could probably pinch another one here, probably can prolong this. Now, I think Geelong have shown that you can do this if you get it right. I think the skill in this is knowing actually when you need to... Uh, to, to recheck and go back. And what we did over the last couple of years to say was we, we actually believe 
We've got some wonderful players uh, in this club, some wonderful human beings. But for us to win the premiership in the next few years, we actually need to drastically uh, change the list and we need to go back and we need to build from the draft. Then when we're in a position again to be able to add at the top end to win premierships, we'll be able to have you know the cap space and the ability to do that in the future. And that's sort of the model when you're thinking sort of three, four, five years ahead. Dingley, how far away is that? Where are you at with Dingley? That's another new thing that Hawthorne is going to have as part of its club moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that's a super exciting project. It's, you know, works around the way as we speak. Um, so it's good. And I'm going out there again next week. I was out there a couple of weeks ago. And you can actually see now where the buildings are and uh, where the ovals are and uh, the car parking, the roads. Um, we, we, the, the current program has us there about the middle of next year, 2024. So probably around that sort of August, September 2024 as we'll be moving in. So hopefully it's before our AFLW season. Um, we'll be able to get on site there. Uh, but I think that'll be, uh, yeah, next year is going to be, you know, the incredible facilities that Hawthorne uh, will be based at. Will you hope to play games there? St Kilda's had games at Moorabbin, Arden Street's hosting games, Icon Park's hosting games. Will you play AFLW games and maybe a pre-season game there? Oh, absolutely. You know, we've invested heavily and, and been assisted by, you know, all levels of government now. Um, that you know the, the facilities there are, are, are first rate, and uh, you know we've got a ground there which is an, an MCG size ground. We've also got a Marvel size ground which will be for you know particularly built for AFLW uh, practice game, AFLW games, but also uh, AFL men's you know uh, pre-season games, but also community football, uh, which has you know state of the art lights, state of the art media facilities, you know, two uh, four sets of change rooms, umpires rooms. Social facilities, so it'll be a, you know it'll be a first rate venue uh, for all for all football, which will be which will be enormous for us. Are you guys joining this fight to get your home game reserve seats in the Ponsford stand that Collingwood reserve seat holders currently have? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been very very clear. Um, we've communicated. You know, I've spoken to to uh, Craig Kelly of Collingwood about it. I mean, our position is that we play home games at the MCG and. Uh, you know, like everyone else, and when we play Collingwood, it's unfair that our members have to move out of their seats for that one day uh, to give it back to Collingwood members on their away game. We just don't think that's 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 uh, you know a fair fair uh, result for anyone, um, and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be looked at, and you know I think it's been you know, a year ago that, that it was said that this deal will be up at the end of this year, and we need to start thinking about it. And you know, at the moment, you know, we're having really good talks with the MCC. Uh, and we expect things to change. So the MCC is the deciding factor here. Collingwood's want uh, won't be taken into account. It will just be what the MCC decides. Well, the MCC do a deal for home games with all the clubs. So we do a deal with the MCC. Collingwood will do a deal with the MCC, uh, Richmond and etc. So you know we've made very clear with the MCC of what our expectation is. I know the MCC have had discussions with Collingwood. Not privy to those. Collingwood, you know, and I'd not do the same if I was Collingwood. I'd want to be holding on to uh, this great deal that they've had for, for a long period of time. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not fair, it's not just, and it's not right. And we expect uh, that that will change. The other long-term future issue for you, Justin, is you've had this great relationship with Tasmania. It's a big sponsor of yours. You play games in Launceston. You just took Collingwood down there for a pre-season game. Do you see... We all presume Tasmania is going to get a team. You see yourself playing a game or what two 
as a home game in Launceston still, even if Tasmania gets its own team? Well, I think it's sort of all on the table at the moment. So, I mean, we're in, firstly we're incredibly supportive of, uh, of Tasmania being awarded their own team, and, uh, and we, you know, we'll do whatever we can to support Tasmania in that and, and play a role. The other part of that is, you know, we've been there for 20, 23 years now, so we've got, you know, there's a generation of people who've grown up of, of being Hawthorne supporters down there. We've got, you know, close to 10,000 members uh, down in Tasmania, and there's been many, many more over the years that have. You know, been supporters and been members that that you know are very very connected to the club. So whatever it looks like in the future, and let's assume Tasmania get their own team as they should, we probably well we would certainly like to, and we expect to have a presence there of some sort uh, that will help uh, Tasmanian footy. I mean, obviously we've always had a strong focus in on the north, the new stadium. As amazing as it looks, you know, when that gets up, that'll get up in the south. Um, so we need to make sure that the people in the north um, are connected and engaged, and you know, we, we'd expect to play a, a major role down there. Moving Which means what a home game against Tasmania, your home game, but in Launceston. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe that's the way it looks. Maybe it's uh, you know, an away games. We're not really sure because it's you know, there's so much to play out, and you know, even this stage we don't know if it's 19 teams and that sort of thing. So, I mean, we've got to be flexible. Uh, we but we'd certainly like to play games there. Whole new captain as well, James Sicily. So, how has he been to you? Did, did you have any say in that decision? Oh, I mean, again, yeah, the football department uh, make the recommendation uh, through to me and then, you know, turn onto the board. Uh, I, I, I just think James Sicily is a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, young man. Uh, and he's one of those people that I think when you're on the outside of the club, you, you have this perception of, of James and the right line fever over probably the early part of his career and the like. But when you when you meet him within the four walls of this footy club, he's just a, a superhuman being, um, very interested uh, and invested in, in everyone else around the club um, and just, you know, respected and admired by his teammates but also the whole club. So, yeah, I think as a, as a young leader uh, with a young team, he, he certainly leads by example and he, he certainly uh, takes a real interest in everyone. So I couldn't be happy with that appointment. Talking to Justin Rees, Hawthorne CEO, and you can be part of the new breed of Hawk in 2023 and become a member today at hawks.team slash SEN. Uh, Justin, any indication as to when and who it might be replacing Gil? I have no idea, I must admit. I feel like it's one of those questions that people ask all the time because we're in the industry, but um, no, I certainly don't uh, have any insight into that at all. You, what, what's your view? Have you got a, any insight there, Dwayne? Well, I don't know. Is Andrew Westercott in the running, the CEO of the Grand Prix Corporation? The Grand Prix gets out of the way and he puts his hat in that ring and gets that gig. I mean, the, there's so many different names that have been thrown up inside the AFL, the obvious ones. I'm just looking outside as to who some non-obvious outsiders could be. Yeah, well, it's a, bit, it's a big job, as, uh, as I'm sure you know and um Whoever uh, comes in to that role to replace Gil, Gil's done a wonderful job. We'll need to be a, uh, a seasoned performer. So I think I would imagine the process has taken some time because the commission would be looking you know, internally but also externally for, uh, from, for some pretty amazing talent. Are you still seeing Gather Round as the round that will get an announcement or could we see Gil in the job for the entire home and away season? Yeah, yeah. I hate to sort of sound like a cop out, but I really don't know. We haven't. Uh, we've got a CEO's uh, president's meeting next week. Uh, yeah, it's not so later this week. 
Um, and I, sh- I would assume we'd get an update then, but at this, this point in time, uh, yeah, we haven't got any updates. So, um, gather round, what's it, round five, I think, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's only sort of about six weeks away now, so it's, uh, it's closing in. And whilst on the CEO's meeting, what, what's the biggest issue facing the game? Do you go into that meeting with something or one or two things that are top of your agenda to raise? What's top of your list? Um, and I think that, you know, still um, we'd like to get some, some clarity on what's happening in the Tasmania. I think that there'll be a lot of interest in that. Um, you know, there's a, we, we need to know, uh, you know, sort of what the, 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 the leadership of the AFL is going to look like. It's a pretty key one. I expect that update there. Um, and also just, you know, with that, with speaking for, for our, through our own lens, you know, we've got some, some things that, are, that, you know, with our own facility and the likes, and, you know, we'd like to look at what the facilities are going to look like moving forward. Um, there's a lot of sort of big-end things that aren't real to do with the, the, you know, the two hours of footy you played each Saturday that, um, that we have interest in for the long term that probably need to be decided and, and sort of given some focus. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Oh, just that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a long game, football. So we often focus in on the week to week. Um, and the, you know, the next game is ahead of us. But when you're when you, you know you're running football clubs, um, facilities, you know, uh, right across, um, you know, the, the uh, like, you know, Tasmania is the stadium. This is a big, a big deal for football. You know, for us being so involved with Tassie, we'd like to know if it's, you know, is it likely to be 2027? Is it more likely to be 2028 or 29? Some some of those specifics around there, which is the longer term thinking for us, because we're building our own facility here. Um, I think we, you know, we'd like to be able to uh, get some, probably some, some surety on what our future looks like because we're going to, you know, with those decisions, do we bring back all four games back to Melbourne? Do we bring back three and play one home game in Tassie? Um, so we, yeah, it's, there's some, some thinking for us that's probably not going to be decided in the next, you know, in the next, uh, but that won't come to fruition for a few years. But they're really important priorities for us right now. And before I let you go, the, the racism allegations and investigation, where's that at? What's the timeline looking like? Yeah, well, I think the, uh, the timeline we don't really have an update for at the moment. The AFL independent panel uh, are doing uh, their work, and I think they've been pretty clear to say that they'll take the, you know, the time that's required to do it properly. Um, you know, for us, it's, 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 it's very difficult because, you know, they're all, a lot of those people involved are full-time people, and, uh, you know, both sides of... of different allegations and we need to make sure that you know, everyone's given the rights that they deserve through this um, and it is an independent panel and we can't be giving a running commentary on that because we can't really we're not involved in the process uh, at the moment and we can't really see exactly what's happening so we, we need to wait um, and we need to make sure that those people that have been charged with the independent work are uh, given an opportunity to do it well uh, for everyone concerned Justin, great to have you on. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on board with SEN as part of your membership day to get the numbers up there. Uh, what's the number going to be at the come the end of membership time? What's the number you're after when it comes to members? Well, last year we had about 82,000 members, which was good. You know, I'd like to think we'd, we'd, uh, there's a lot of excitement uh, ahead for us and there's a lot of people that are, you know, happy uh, with where we're heading. that would love to, you know, go well past that. I... You know, I see at the moment Collingwood have 100,000 members and Richmond have 100,000 members and I think West Coast have got 100,000 members. Um, we, you know, that's where we're, you know, we're heading. I'd, I'd love to get there this year. I hope we do. I'll, I'll be pushing for it and trying everything we can um, from our end. But we certainly want to see, a bit like 
on the field. We want to see growth. Um, we want to make sure that people, the membership's often a reflection of how your members perceive you know, the club. And we think that there's a lot to celebrate, looking forward to it, a lot to, uh, a lot, you know, some real exciting times ahead. And so I think members getting on board um, is going to help us, but also going to give everyone that opportunity to see it uh, moving forward. So we, we can't wait. So uh, yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to see 100,000. Well, let's see how we go. Jump on board, hawks.team slash SEN. You can become a member today. Great to have you, Justin. Really appreciate your time. Anytime, Brian. Thanks for that. Justin Reeves, Hawthorne CEO. SEN Chief Reporter Sammy Edmund joins me thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of instant launch. Sammy, welcome to you. I think you're just back from the Giants launch, aren't you? No, I'm not, Dwayne, but uh, I'm happy to say I was. Uh, we, we did it by uh, – we, we did uh, – the Giants might be launching a little bit later on in the evening. They've got a bit ah, of a, okay. a gathering, a dinner uh, this, this evening uh, with members of the media, but I am uh, otherwise engaged. But I, I wanted to ask you this, actually. Uh, how do you know when footy's back, Dwayne? Now, it is has to be when the MRO is absolutely in the crosshairs. And nothing like an early test for Crusoe down there at AFL has to. He's got his hands full before the season has even begun with the likes of Trent Cochin, Jordan Dugowie, Braden Proust, and there might even be a couple of others they're looking at down there. Now, we're still a couple of hours away at least from hearing uh, the verdicts wow. on these. Uh, might even be closer to 5 o'clock. Timelines are dangerous to mention, but uh, he has had a full book to work with, Michael Christian, and we have had to wait, haven't we, over the weekend? I think when we get in season, it'll be back to our normal service of, um, I guess, adjudications on these things coming within the 24 hours immediately after the game. But uh, we're going to get the full wash-up in its entirety later on this afternoon. Now, where do you want to begin with these three? Well, Jordan to go was last Thursday. Yep. Um, so it's been a while. Well, I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a broken record for me. I, I think my finding, if the AFL Players Association ever allowed it, would be an incident like Jordan Dugowie where uh, there's a sling, it's dangerous, no injury, but it's really dangerous. Mm. I'm just making it a five grand first time and a one-game suspension or whatever it is after that for the second time. I'm of the fine realm for this. I'm of the fine realm for Trent Cotchin as well, but we know that they'd rather suspend than fine because they reckon that fines don't hurt. But I reckon if you make the fines 10 grand, they're going to hurt. There'll be a mark where the fines start hurting, but obviously they'd rather suspend. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, with the fines for Trent Koch, I mean, he's had so many near misses of late. I mean, almost a charmed run where he's been regularly cited, but actually not suspended since 2010. Now, he's been sanctioned financially for a lot of these sort of indiscretions. Now, the most recent of them came, uh, obviously, in the third quarter of this clash against Melbourne on the Saturday evening. He threw his forearm into James Harms' neck behind the play, gave away a free kick, um, just dropped the left forearm into him, and Harms sort of looked up, didn't he, Dwayne, with a look of, seriously, mate, yeah, like, you're yeah. doing that now. So if you run through the table of offences, intentional low impact and high contact is one week. Now, he'd have to argue careless to get it off. Um, was he trying to shrug harms off him, for example, to get up? Uh, with Dion Presti hurt again, and we still await word from Richmond on him. It's a strained peck this time at the weekend for, for Dion, who's got uh, some more injury concerns. That, they would love, obviously, Cochin out there for mid real, midfield rotation, I would have thought, notwithstanding the reinforcements they've brought in this part of the ground. But it'll be interesting to see how Michael Christian looks at uh, looks at Trent Cochin for sure later on today. Any update on... I saw a report that GMHBA Stadium won't have a new grandstand finished until after the season. Did you see that report on the weekend yeah, by thought... one newspaper column? It wasn't a football article. It was about steel being imported from overseas, but there was an indicator in that that 
the grandstand at Geelong is not going to be finished until after the season. Well, I've, 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 look, obviously we knew it wasn't going to be ready for the start of the season. I thought it was going to be finished uh, like you in, in the middle of the season or three quarters yeah. of the way through the campaign. But yeah, construction materials not my forte, Dwayne. Um, I just oh. did a, a Renault myself, and um, yes, the the, the supply uh, is an issue for steel and timber, and I can tell you what, everything is mightily expensive at the moment. So look, um, they're just dealing with it like everyone else, I suppose. Uh, the cats. Uh, just quickly on Braden Pruce, uh, no stranger this part of the game either with the MRO. So suspended three times last year. Here's the other one out of the weekend. He did, in fact, give away seven frees on the weekend, Dwayne. The, mm. the next most frees against was three. So he did lay that uh, potentially dangerous tackle on Tom Berry, uh, flipping the young son midair. Now, Berry did obviously jump to release that handball, which could be a factor, of course. Just the coach, Adam Kingsley. Now, we hear coaches go into bat for their players quite often, but have a listen to this response from the new GWS coach and his defence of uh, Braden Pruce, his, his big ruckman in the aftermath of this game at the weekend. Oh, to be quite fair, I want our big blokes playing like midfielders and, and tackling and chasing is a key part of that. Uh, his tackle today, I thought I thought his intention and his technique was was outstanding. I thought it was, uh, you know, he got in low, tackled low. The, the, the bloke he was tackling, I can't remember who exactly it was, but he jumped. So that's, uh, that's a part of the game. Uh, but I thought from a technical perspective, Prucey was perfect in that tackle. Uh, so there you go. That was the coach, uh, Adam Kingsley, on Braden Proust, Dwayne, again. Another fascinating one uh, so early in that, well, in fact, before the season's even begun. And just coming back to Dugowie. Blame the other guy. The yeah, other well, guy jumped. Well, yeah, the other guy jumped. Exactly. That's your alibi. Uh, L- Lloyd Meek, no medical issue, I'm told. So he wasn't concussed. I'm not even sure he did. Uh, he needed a test. But the question will be, of course, did Jordan Dugowie breach his duty of care? Um and what a big decision this will be uh, with round one on the horizon against the Cats for Collingwood. In fact, there are so many highly anticipated games straight off the bat, Dwayne. I'm always all about Carlton and Richmond early, given, you know, Richmond are rejuvenated. Carlton have uh, just got to do something this year. So there's an immediate high-stakes sort of flavour to this one. But then you see what the dogs rolled out at the weekend. Can they, mm. can they um, really ask the right questions of Melbourne's defence? Um, and then there's this particular game with Geelong and Collingwood, which has got obvious interest as well. But uh, I tell you, the AFL this morning advised that that Richmond-Carlton game had sold out when it comes to general admission as well. So, so while we're on the subject of uh, of stadiums and facilities and like, the MCG will be chock-a-block come uh, Thursday week for this season opener between the Tigers and the Blues, Dwayne. So what about the other round one ticket sales? I understand there's a few of those games uh, outside of the Thursday just about done. Yep, I think sales. I think that's the case. Yeah, I think the appetite for for so far this season is on uh, is on record pace. It's going to be absolutely enormous, Dwayne. I, I think the pick up um, and the take up of these tickets early on um, is to be commended. I mean, with all the cost of living pressures and the, and the like, I think it's probably surprised the AFL how well it's gone. Um, I think it could be a massive round one, and they've certainly structured it as such with the, with the fixture, haven't they? Um, bit of Formula One news. Miserable start yes. to the career of Oscar Piastri in Bahrain. Well, it had started promisingly, hadn't it? But in the end, a big fat DNF, an electrical issue to go with the gearbox. He qualified 18th leading in. I think I saw him as high as 11th at one stage, uh, Dwayne, with uh, with teams pitting and, and various strategies in play. Red Bull go the 1-2, of course, with Verstappen, who won from Poland. Uh, Sergio Perez behind him um, in second position. But uh, we expect big things from Oscar, Oscar Piastri, um, but a disappointing opening for him, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Max Verstappen just keeps on keeping on. Hey, what's the biggest story for you? Dolphins winning uh, with Wayne Bennett beating the Roosters or the Man U Liverpool result? He didn't miss anyone, Wayne Bennett. I'll tell you what, Liverpool didn't miss anything either when it came to finding the back of the net. I couldn't get past this one. 7-0 
in the Premier League. Now, United third on the table. They're hoping for big things this year. Well, they got sat on their backsides at Anfield. A 7-0 thumping at Anfield. They were ro- they were rocking over there, Dwayne. Now, they, the Reds didn't actually open the scoring until the fir- 43rd minute. And then the floodgates opened. They scored six times in 40 second half minutes. It was unbelievable scenes. Gakpo and Salah with a brace each. So, um, look, Arsenal, the pace setters, magnificent win from them over the weekend. But uh, Liverpool, could they get on a bit of a roll? We've said that a few times over the last couple of months. But could they finally get on a bit of a roll, Dwayne, and push for the top four? Yeah, uh, I like the fact that we're getting to the pointy end of a couple of comps. Uh, more interest in the EPL coming up from me. And, yeah, the NBA is warming up too. So we'll talk oh, yeah. about that at some stage. Hey, great to have you, Sammy. Always good to be uh, able to have you on my show. So thanks for jumping on and uh, look forward to you being a regular in 2023. Let's do it again tomorrow, Dwayne. Sammy, I've been joining us thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of instant lawn. If you've got something from another sport outside of AFL you'd like to address, jump on the line now if it's been lost in the wash. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you're a Manchester United fan... Reeling today, give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I understand there's a few people, a bit like the AFL, not happy with Man U players laughing and hugging after the loss. So they talk about the same stuff we do on Talkback Radio here. It's one thing to have a loss, but to see your players laughing and hugging opposition players after it, it makes you a little bit upset when you're in the stands and you take it to heart more than the players do. <laughs> What has been lost today? Should have got to it by now. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 One here on the text. Uh, Dwayne, what did you think of the air show? Well, well, getting in was a nightmare. But once you got in, it was Disneyland in there. So, yeah, great. Uh, I don't know how many hours I spent there. Four, five, six, seven. Um, it was fantastic in there. But, yeah, they've got to address getting in. So uh, let's hope they address that for next time, which will be in two years' time. So it was a ripper. Um, Essendon motto, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Uh, that's from Tony. And Saints motto from Tanasi. Uh, fingers crossed. Thanks for that. David in Cobram, you've got uh, something else you wanted to get to. Welcome to you, David. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Nice talking to you. Um, and you. About Tim Kelly. About Tim Kelly, mate. Um, like, when he was at our Cats, mate, he was a bona fide A grader. And, uh, and I know he had some good players around him, but um, they've, they've got some, a good midfield too over there. But he, he's just lost his way. He, he, he used to be silky smooth and... And now he can't find the ball, let alone when he does. He's fumbly and, yeah, he just, I don't know what's happened to him. Yeah, he was a clearance specialist as well. Look, maybe it was a practice game. So, you know, as I mentioned with some players, they're, they're the kind of guys who take practice matches for what they are, go at 80%, not get injured, make sure you're there for round one and flick the switch. But David will all be watching to see if he can flick the switch. You're right, when he was the Cats, uh, I don't want to talk the Cats up, but it's a pretty damn good professional environment, the Cattery, and he did go to a team that uh, at the moment is struggling. So maybe that's an indicator as to how bad they're struggling right now, the Tim Kelly form. So we'll wait and see how he goes round one. John on the road, you got a thought on Hawthorne? Welcome to you, John. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. Yeah, just listening to um, the Hawthorne CEO talk about uh, getting a few wins somewhere between 6 and 10. Tell you what, Hawthorne supporters will... Yeah. It would be outraged because every Hawthorne supporter I know want to finish last because they want <laughs> Harley Reid. See, Hawthorne supporters either want flags or nothing. They don't like anything in between. <laughs> well, 
Did you ex- you wouldn't have expected him to say, let's finish last, though, John, but I appreciate your call. Don't forget, you can join Tyre Power tipping with SEN. Big tip, store-wide super sale is on now at Tyre Power. And thanks to the good people at Tyre Power. Check out your local Tyre Power if you're in the market for some new tyres. Tyre Power store-wide super sale is on. They bring us Brett Phillips where... Brett Phillips is, though, is the big question. I'm not sure where he is in the world. Where are you? Brett, welcome to you. (laughs) Hello, Dwayne. I've made my way for the fourth time to a spectacular part of the world, and that is uh, the Coachella Valley, uh, just uh, past uh, Palm Springs in California for uh, Indian Wells, which is regarded as really the fifth major tennis paradise, the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. Dwayne is one of the most spectacular tennis sites. It's one of the most unique um, tennis destinations. It's not, you know, a, a capital city. It's out in the desert. The players actually love it here. They can just rent a home. They can uh, don't have to worry about uh, peak hour traffic. You've got the mountain backdrop. You've got that uh, chilly desert air. It does get a little fresh at night, but uh, beautiful, crystal clear blue skies during the day. And and you know, if you're not winning one of the majors. Now, this is probably the next best tournament you can get your hands on. And you go back 12 months ago, an American, Taylor Fritz, you know, won this event, Californian boy, and then went on to make the top 10 by the end of the year. So, yeah, it's a big tournament, no doubt. We're missing a couple. Obviously, the the news in the last little while that Djokovic hasn't been able to get permission uh, to get into this tournament and Miami. Not a great surprise. Uh, Hopefully, the US Open will be clear uh, later in the year. We know Nadal's not going to be here, but... Yeah, it's a pretty good field on both the men's and the women's. Did you say you're going to Coachella? Well, Coachella's about a month away, isn't it, Brett? You're sticking around for that? <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I, I think it's, uh, it's pretty good, Dwayne. I might have to. Uh, I might just have to move to this part of the world uh, permanently. It is. Uh, it's pretty good. Well, Lana Del Rey, she might, I think she's on, but I think she's all that happy with the billing in comparison to Arctic Monkey. So, uh, yeah, if you stick around, what kind of attire would you have? You got your, you'd have to get an outfit, though. Uh, Brett, you'd have to get some 70s gear going if you've got some in your wardrobe. Well, no. No, I've probably still got a couple of numbers there. I don't know if they'll quite fit me. Do I have to shed a couple? But uh, we'll see, see how we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a few Aussies uh, on the show tonight, 8 p.m., by the way. Tonight on SEN, host of the first serve, Brett Phillips, so you can hear more about all the things that actually count in tennis, not Coachella with Brett tonight. But there are a number of Aussies you can talk about tonight, Brett. Well, Alex uh, Demonor, I mean, he's back inside the top 20, won his biggest title in Acapulco. He's caught the private jet uh, today with the player that he actually uh, played in the final, Tommy Paul, who, of course, made uh, the semi-finals of the Australian Open. So it was, it was a great final and well done to Alex and... I actually just caught up with his coach, Peter Luchak, a short time ago. So we'll play that chat a little bit later tonight. So Alex brings some great form. And, you know, the other big story is Max Purcell. Now, Max is a different cat, but he plays a beautiful brand of tennis. It's all that firepower. It's a beautiful touch and guile as well. He's gone from 203 to 95 in three weeks. And his coach, Nathan Healy, Dwayne, I'll repeat these words again on this again. He said on our show the first serve about a year and a half ago, he thought Max could become top 20. Well, he's got into double digits. Let's see how far he can go. He's only 24. Big window for him. But uh, as uh, Peter Luchak made reference in an interview a short time ago, who did coach uh, Max, uh, he's calling him Sachin now because he's won three in a row in India. and He's pushed uh, Sachin Tendulkar off the front pages. <laughs> hey, great to have you, Brett. Any other interviews? Any other little snip, snippets for tonight that we should be aware of? 
Yeah, we'll have a chat to uh, a local reporter here who lives in this part of the world, uh, the Desert Sun newspaper here, who do cover the, the uh, everything happening in the Coachella Valley. Uh, so we'll have a chat to um, uh, Andrew John. And we've got a lot of other little tidbits. Uh, we'll go to Swan Hill as well, because uh, whilst the big tournament is here, uh, they hosted a big Pro Tour event on the weekend. It's great for a place like uh, Swan Hill where the Australian Pro Tour goes. So we'll speak to a man who ended a seven-year drought between titles. They're tough to win. Tom Fancutt, he's a good Queenslander, amongst a few other chats uh, coming up tonight. Looking forward to it, Brett. Thanks for joining me. 8pm tonight, thanks to Tyre Power, the first serve. Tyre Power store-wide super sale is on now.